Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Destiny Today with your hosts, Anthony Turner and Megan Ortega. Join us as we explore a wide array of topics from a kingdom and biblical perspective. Megan and I, we have a goal. It is to inform you, to equip and mobilize you to walk in the fullness of your destiny today. Now let's join Megan and Anthony. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Your Destiny Today. Uh, I am here with my amazing co-host, Megan Ortega, and uh, we are just thrilled to be able to come into your homes and, and your cars and wherever you are to our Your Destiny Today podcast family. We say thank you for uh, tuning in and joining us on whatever platform you listen to Your Destiny Today, and we are thrilled. Uh, of course, uh, those of you who are uh, avid listeners to our podcast know that I have uh, with me the amazing, the incomparable Megan Ortega, uh, her husband Matthew. Uh, uh, of uh, since two thousand nine, she's got she's the mother of Bella Baron and Clara. Uh, she's a labor and de- delivery nurse. She is uh, a leader in a ministry called Freedom Prayer. She is one of the leaders at Rivergate Church in uh, College Station, Texas. And I call her a kingdom statesman. So, uh, <laughs> hey, how are you doing there? Uh, and also, she's a chicken mom, so I want to make sure. <laughs> so how are the chickens going, Meg? <laughs> well, I'm doing well, but my chickens, I ha- I could do a whole podcast over them. But my latest development is that the one I was calling Regina George because she's so bossy. Turns out it's Reginald, and uh, he's going to have to be rehomed to the country so my neighbors don't complain, because <laughs> he's been crowing right before dawn every morning. So, <laughs> so heartache. And then I found out, this is sad, um, I woke up on Mother's Day to um, Michelle Angela was the victim of a vicious murder. And, oh my gosh. Uh, by who I think is a raccoon based on the method of execution. And uh, I won't go into it, but it was very sad. And it was, it was, it, it was a sad black spot on my mother's day. Oh no. Um, day. Yeah. My poor family was trying to be sweet, but I was just sad for my chicken. So we're, we're down from four to two. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm making a trade. Okay. So I'm trading my uh, my rooster for two two chicks that hopefully will turn out to be hens. So, so you're trading your sorrows for the joy of the Lord. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. My dad was like, "You're a real farmer now. You've had lo- loss of livestock." So <laughs> hey, well, it's it's a it's a part of the circle of life, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't tell you as uh, how thrilled I am that I get to now. Was that? Was that yes. Reginald? She knew, or he knew. Reginald knew we were talking about it. On cue. <laughs> He's so, a very intelligent chicken. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, oh, listen. <laughs> that's perfect. I, <laughs> so I tell you, uh, it's been such a excitement and a joy for me to um, have a co-host, uh, join, including Reginald, I guess he's going to be a part of this <laughs> podcast today, but the honor is, uh, to find someone just so, uh, our audience knows I won't go into ages and anything, but I am, uh, uh, tail end of the baby boomer and, um, and my co-host here, Megan is the leading edge, uh, of the, uh, millennial and the elder uh, millennial, the elder millennial. <laughs> she, um, I, 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 di- I digress. The elder millennial. She makes sure that I know that part of it. But <laughs> the one thing that we've had beautiful conversations in is just talking about how Father placed us and where He placed us. You know, being being a baby boomer, but being at the tail end, I feel like I've had an opportunity to really kind of. Uh, 
observe and see how my generation, um, even from the very beginning of the boomer generation, how we've uh, interacted with each other, how we interact with other generations. And uh, to, to get this opportunity to talk with, and, and I try to um, pride myself in uh, talking uh, with other uh, people, both my senior and those who are younger than I am, and, and just really get a, um, get a rapport going and conversation so that we can uh, work together and bridge those things. And, and, and so it's been really delightful ever since the very first time that uh, Megan and I have gotten to know each other. We've, you know, had these amazing conversations around different uh, topics and, and which really kind of helped to birth this partnership with the podcast because I've always wanted to have conversations with um, those uh, of different backgrounds, different walks, different uh, different age age uh, um, groups to to hear how they perceive you know life, how they perceive the world, what, what do they see? Because I think when we come together like that, what we get to do is we get to see a more um, clear picture of the kingdom. I'm always amazed uh, whenever I look at the word of God, there's one scripture in Re- Revelation that I just love. And it's um, um, this, this uh, scripture that says, out of every kindred and tongue, and people Mm. and nation, you have made us a kingdom of priests. Mm. Now, in our last uh, uh, episode, we talked about just a little bit that whole uh, uh, responsibility of the priesthood and one being a a gatekeeper. And now the Lord is just reminding me once again of this scripture that I love. He says, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, you've made us a kingdom of priests. And and I, I honestly feel like uh, that's one of the things that the Lord uh, wants the body of Christ to know, that our greatest attribute and our greatest strength is when we can uh, pull together an entire uh, body of people, uh, regardless of um uh, you know, age, regardless of uh, gender, regardless of of socioeconomic background, because each one of us, God has given us the ability to see things uh, that are. I was talking to one of my friends once about uh, one of my pastor friends. This was a few years ago, and we were at lunch, and we were just talking about different things, and 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 the word that he used uh, in how he saw things and the way I saw things, he said were differences. And I don't dispute that, but I prefer to use the word distinctions Mm. because I feel like that that's really what the father does. He, he makes us interdependent where Mm. uh, he gives me a, a, a vantage point or a point of view that I see very clearly, but but in that, I, you know, I, I'm one that believes that all of us have blind spots. And so mm. uh, it takes Megan coming into my life as a chicken mom and as uh, <laughs> and, and, and all of the other and as a labor and delivery nurse. Uh, she she has a perspective and she has a uh, she has a perspective that's born out of or a perception that's born out of a perspective that I don't have but it's it what it does is it truly enhances what I see because two are better than one and a threefold cord is not easily broken so mm-hmm. I just love it yes. so yeah uh, so know that it's been one of the greatest joys to league up and team up and and have uh, you as my co-host Megan well, it's a big honor, Anthony, and I love what you talk about, like the, that, that scene in heaven in Revelation was just every, um, I don't know which translation it is, but every tribe and tongue and nation just joining together to worship, 
you know, the lamb of God Yes, and just how beautiful that is. Um, and so, uh, I would say it's like the, um, the ultimate undoing of the tower of Babel. Yes. Um, which is where God was obliged to scatter us. Um, and it was not because he wanted to, it was because there was rebellion and sin involved. And so I would say where there is strife between people, uh, it's as a result of the fall, as a result of sin. Right. Um, and not because it's God's plan at all, you know, yeah. but his plan is to bring us together. Um, so I just love that. I love it. Amen. Amen. You know, you and I, of course, like I said before, We've had some really riveting conversations about a lot of different things. It's, it's been so impressive to me uh, because um, we've gotten the opportunity in brief times, really. We've not had the opportunity yet to spend a whole lot of time together. But it's just I'm, I'm fascinated with your um, with your repertoire and uh, your the repository of wisdom and knowledge that you carry so much so that I felt it was imperative that um, and and she and I've talked about this I there are people on the planet right now there are young firebrands uh, who carry something that I believe is paramount to be heard by the body of Christ, not just the body of Christ. I do feel like that some of us have been put, um, uh, like I said, she's a kingdom statesman. And I believe that people, that God, uh, puts voices into the earth to bring us back to plumb, to bring us to center. Mm. Um, we see it all through the scripture. There's always, uh, one voice when there seems to be a chaotic time, there's a voice that brings um, that brings uh, peace to the chaos. I even think, you know, even uh, in Acts chapter two, uh, when the hundred and twenty came out of the upper room, uh, that that had to be somewhat of a chaotic scene. It said again <laughs> that there are all of these people that are here for this for this celebration. They were from every nation and every land. And then you've got 120 people that the picture I always get is that they are kind of falling out of that upper room because uh, of what the spokesman that 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 rose up to speak said. So there, there's this chaos. And Peter rises up and says, you men of, uh, of Jerusalem, this is not what you think it is. Hmm. And I, and I love that, that the, that the Lord, I think, always in the midst of something, because we can see chaotic things happening in our culture, we can see them happening in people groups, and, and I'm always looking to see where God is in that. And I believe mm. that he's always raising up voices to say, even though you're seeing this over here, uh, and this is what the enemy would want you to believe is the narrative, this is not what you think it is. This and mm. that. And so yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons he puts voices of reason, voices of wisdom in the earth. And um, you and I've talked about, like I said, several topics. And one of the topics that we talked about is, um, you know, I think you and I had a conversation right after the, the year that was um, 2020 where uh, we saw an, a rise in our nation of chaos, uh, mm -hmm. different, we saw a rise of seemingly uh, racial um, unrest and, mm -hmm. and all of these things. And we, and we, we talked about those. And uh, before I give my, my two cents worth, do you want to, do you want to chime in and, 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 uh, and elaborate on that some? Yeah, I mean, I, um, so I had uh, a, a, an interesting summer that summer of 2020. Um, yeah. Just, it was, a, it, was, it was a heartbreaking summer um, to watch kind of what, what I saw happening was an injustice done mm -hmm. um, to an African-American man, but then the backlash was allowing people to then destroy their own homes and their own cities and and to 
just tear down uh, everything. And, and it was a very sad thing to see. Um, and I, in my, in my heartbreak, I, I went to my, my aunt Janet, who um, is African American. And I said, what do I do with this? I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel so strongly. And so just um, like, I see, you know, something happening Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to say or even if I should say anything. And um, and she gave me this wisdom. Uh, and she said, don't look at groups. She says, you go to the individual and you deal with the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh. And that brought two things together to me. Um, and the biggest thing it brought to me was the, the freedom prayer we do. Yeah. And I was like, if we had, if we had someone in uh, to freedom prayer who had faced systematic injustice for a very long time, mm-hmm. how would we deal with that person? And I realized what we would do is we would talk them through forgiveness. Wow. And, um, and I, I guess the thing when we talk people through forgiveness, you and I have talked about it a little bit in the past, but is that the person who has been wronged has every right to be angry yeah. and to refuse to forgive. Right. Um, but when they refuse to forgive, they are then handed over to the tormentor. Yeah. And... So then it becomes a destruction of themselves. Um, and I feel like that's what I'm seeing in our, in our country um, is, a, is a, um, an invitation to be, uh, be the bigger person yeah. and to, to choose to step over the injustices of the past and to um, move forward together. And I know that what I'm saying is a big ask. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not something that is a lightly taken uh, question or request. Um, but it is, um, it is the invitation that I see Jesus gives to everyone. Yeah. Um, no matter what your background is, because we've all been wronged in one way or another. Right. Right. Um, and so, so kind of the choice is ours to whether we're going to allow anger and bitterness to derail us um, as an individual, um, as a, a, a nation. Yeah. Um, will we allow bitterness to rule the day or will we allow Jesus to take the injustice and him be the judge and us step off that throne? Absolutely. So that's kind of where I, that's where I come from. Um, or that's, I guess the thing that I, that I thought of, um, when, when my aunt Janet had told me, look at the individual person in front of you and respond accordingly. Yeah, that's good. And so anyway, those are, that's kind of the way that, that I've been thinking about it. And, and, um, and yeah. I don't know if you have anything to say oh, about yeah. that. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, of course, I got a lot that I could say about that. Uh, one one being the fact that being a black American, uh, you know, uh, and being the age that I am, I, 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 I want to start off by saying this. I am uh, I'm very, very, very blessed. If, if you don't mind, I'm going to uh, kind of jump into uh, an encounter, uh, an experience that was 37 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 12 years old, of course, I am, like I said, I'm a black man born in Alabama mm-hmm. during the 60s. So need I say more? Yeah. Um, um, I, you know, I was, I was alive when there was a bombing at a uh, Baptist church in Birmingham. Actually, my wife, mm-hmm. Alicia, lived as uh, one of her neighbors was actually killed in that bombing. So, so, so I was, I was alive to see a lot of things happen. There were, they were starting to shift, but I was alive when uh, governor George Wallace stood in front of the university of Alabama and said segregation uh, now seg- or segregation yesterday, segregation today, segregation forever. Wow. So I, you know, I, I, I have all of those images imprinted in me. 
And um, and I also, uh, God created me sort of like a Joseph. I was uh, a dreamer. <laughs> I've always mm. been a dreamer. When all of my friends were, I, I'm the only nine-year-old that I know that uh, loved to watch PBS and watch <laughs> uh story documentaries about the pyramids of Giza and I would mm-hmm. watch the, the 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 seven wonders of the world and all of that fascinated me and I had this longing to to see the world and see all of the 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 beauty of creation and see all of these amazing marvelous mysteries um there was only one caveat to that and that was that I was a a black kid in Alabama and I remember, uh, you know, coupled with uh, seeing some of the injustices that happened uh, along with seeing um, <clears throat> seeing uh, all of the, the civil rights marches. And I, I have vivid memories, not just a uh, not just a, uh, from a documentary point of view, but seeing it uh, literally broadcast on tv Mm. uh policemen turning fire hoses on um marching black uh Mm. people so you know i i I have all of that and Mm. uh, but at the same time there was a war within me there was this war between my dreams and 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 what i was what culture said was impossible and I remember being 12 years old and one day really with tears in my eyes, believing in God and asking God, why did you make me black? Mm. That was my question, of course. And uh, I got no response. I was silent. I, he was silent in that, in that, uh, in responding to me for 37 years. And so wow. fast forward, I'm 49 years old. And I am actually uh, teaching in China. I want an undisclosed place in China. I'm I'm there teaching the underground church. I'm there for six days teaching the underground church. And I remember when my um, translator, when they took me to this undisclosed location, he's, you know, they were so hungry for the word and they they had these um, systems in place that they would bring people in to t- teach train disciple their leaders and somehow some way I got to be one of those people who was teaching and I remember he uh, the day before my my translator said teacher uh, tomorrow we begin and you begin teaching you you teach from 9 a.m to 12 p.m. Then we have lunch, one hour. Then you teach 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Then we have dinner, one hour. Then you teach 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., <laughs> right? 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I'm doing the math in my head, and he's <laughs> and I'm like, that's 10 hours. And I know I'm going to be here six days. And he says, is that enough time? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about oh. after after eight hours of the first day. That's how I felt because, you know, I, I and I remember beginning to teach and share. And these people were so hungry and and there were revelations and scriptures that I thought I thought I had forgotten that were coming up out of me. And I was just. I was totally blown away. Uh, And at the end of that time, now they've got to take me from this undisclosed location back to uh, my hotel so then I can uh, get ready to move on to the next thing. And the day that uh, my translator um, announced to the school of 120 underground church leaders that I was uh, leaving, they all began to weep and sob and cry. Aww. And uh, they they kind of formed what some of us charismatics might call a fire tunnel. They, they, they formed two lines, uh, and they, they just wanted to touch me and hug me as I left. Aww. I am sobbing profusely at this. And because of the location that I was when 
the vehicle that came to get me, I had to lay in the back. They covered me with a blanket. And uh, there was this little five-year-old Chinese girl, and she was sitting on the back seat. And she kept lifting the blanket looking, and her mom is trying. Because, of course, it's not supposed to be a taxi for ministry leaders. It's supposed to be Mm. something else. And so uh, I'm laying there, and she probably was looking because I was was uncontrollably crying because... Mm. I had spent six, you know, six days with these amazing hungry people who just hung on every word that I said. And I'm thinking about that. And because I'm in communist China and because this is an underground church, I couldn't take, you know, some of my friends call me the selfie king. I love to take selfies with people. (laughs) I do. I'm very relational. So I love selfies. I love, uh, 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 you know, getting to know people, inviting them to be friends on Facebook, all of those different things just to connect, just to stay connected. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I couldn't do any of that. And so there's a grieving that's taking place because mm. there there is in my heart knowing a good possibility that I will never see these people that I've in mm. six days bonded so tightly with. That's yes. where I was. That was the moment. That while I'm there under the blanket, crying my eyes out, that the Lord takes me back to when I was 12 years old. And I hear myself asking him, why did you make me black and give me these dreams to? And the Lord chose that moment to answer. And he said, do you think for one moment that the color of your skin would prevent your destiny from coming to pass. Oh, yes. And at that moment, something was uh, established in me. I mean, you know, I had lived it. What, What the Lord really let me do is he, for 37 years, he let me walk through uh, all of the the things of my life, disappointments, hurts, frustrations, all of those things. And yet I'm looking at this point in my life uh, in, in the back of a, a vehicle covered up after preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching these hungry people that I've gone to at that point, I think I had gone to about seven or eight nations uh, wow. preaching the gospel with with black skin i had i had preached to in this case asians in times past i've preached to um arabs i've preached to uh indians i've uh, of indian descent uh uh uh, i've preached to every people group and i've been received by every people group and I have spiritual sons and daughters, pretty much, of every people group. Mm-hmm. And so what what became very apparent to me is um, over the course of the years, I've heard the Father continue to reiterate what Jesus said when he was on the cross. Now, you know, we talk about forgiveness often, often, often uh, in, in, in different um, variations. But for me, one of the things that hit home was Jesus being on the cross after having his beard ripped out, after being beat with a cat of nine tails, after being uh, nailed to a cross naked, after being spit upon, after being mm. betrayed, after being denied. I mean, all of that, seeing this, this, throng of people saying, crucify him, crucify him, jeering him, uh, all of those things. And his words were, forgive them. And this is why he says, because they don't know what they're doing. Yes. And so uh, those moments for me, like you said, it doesn't, uh, this is, this is what came out of that for me. Uh, What came out of it was, in life, you can't help if you've been victimized. Mm. You, 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 you can't help that. I mean, 
if if you've been victimized in whatever way as a as as a woman as a as a uh, a person of color as a uh, as whatever you can't help if someone has uh, out of whatever uh, situation they've been in victimized you. But what you can do is determine and make a decision as to whether or not you're going to be a victim. Yes. And so when I, when I looked at everything that was going on that has spread out and spilled out in so many other ways in, in our culture, what, you know, being a, a black man, knowing uh, all of the things that have uh I mean, if I might, I bring up this one thing that happened. I remember when I was living in Alabama, I was a teenager. I was walking down the street, downtown uh, Bessemer, my hometown, and uh, I was walking on the sidewalk and approaching me was this, um, this white lady. She was older. I was in my teens. She was in her 40s. And... Um, she was approaching me, and but she really didn't see me uh, for a period. I saw her before she saw me, and I knew we were, you know, we were going to pass each other. And she was uh, just whatever she was doing. She wasn't paying attention to me. And then all of a sudden, she looked up and she saw me, and she took her purse and flung it over her opposite shoulder away from mm. me and clenched it very, very closely to her side. I did not get offended. I, what, the first thing that came across my mind was, lady, I know you don't know me. I know mm-hmm. you don't know me, but if someone tried to take your purse, I would fight tooth and nail to mm. make sure that they didn't harm you. That's who I am. So like yeah. you talk about with that individual, I mean, it, it, for me, that's who I am. But, and, 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 and what, what I realize is we have choices as to whether or not we're going to believe the the propaganda in the narrative it's it's mm. not it's not saying that we uh that we don't acknowledge the 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 things that people have walked through but we do have to make a decision because what i've learned is i can i can uh i can accept the narrative that culture says and 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 I'll say it this way and demand reparation mm. and demand that you uh apologize to me and demand that you I I can do that and according to or I can um know what father has already said in scripture and even with the fact that when we talk about forgiveness, there is a there is a, uh, a, a excerpt in Scripture where the where where if I demand that you repay me, then I've gotten my reward. Mm. But if I just know that who Father has created me to be and His way of doing things is going to be far better on my behalf as well as yours and that he is wiser and that uh you know my 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 determination to refuse to walk in forgiveness only keeps me in bondage and so for me that's always the big thing i and and being a black man that that really is uh part of the the message that i have uh for uh the black community because my thing is no one can keep you away from the things that the father has ordained for you to walk in except you. Mm. And that's your choice as to whether or not you're going to let this thing be the thing that defines you or let what the father said before the foundation of the world, because mm. regardless to what, uh, how much melon or how little melon you have melanin you have in your uh, in your skin that does not determine your future in him because the word says in Jeremiah 29 11 I know the thoughts that I think towards you think NIV says I know the plans that I have for you 
mm-hmm. and they have plans or thoughts of good and evil, not evil, thoughts to prosper you, not to harm you, to bring you into a hope and future. So I have a choice to make. It's the same thing that, that happened with the 12 spies. Whose report are you going to believe? So that's 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 my that's how I live my life. And so that's what I have to say about that. that. (laughs) Well, that that reminded, I love that. That's beautiful. It reminds me of what Jesus said where, uh, when he gave the the talk about if someone, you know, hits you on one cheek, offer them your other cheek, which, um, you know, many people have talked about that being, you know, a nonviolent approach to protest. And in some ways it is, but um, to me, it's an expression of the generosity of God hmm. not being bound by someone taking from you. Yeah. So it actually took that person who, you know, if someone takes your coat, you give them your tunic as well. Yeah. Because you're free. They didn't take it from you. You gave it to them. Right, right. And you can't stop my generosity. And there's something so beautiful when you you take that violent act that was done to you and say, no, I'm going to not just allow you to do that. I'm going to actually one up you yeah, um, because I am free yeah, and I am not bound to give you anything, but I freely give it. I freely give this to you. And there's like, that's what Jesus said. Like he, he freely gave his life. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I love that. So beautiful. And, um, there was something you also said about just the narrative, leaving the narrative. And one of the points of heartbreak that I've had is that I feel in 2020, there was finally a time to address some things mm-hmm. um, in the body of Christ yeah. with segregation and especially in the South. Mm-hmm. And I am a daughter of um, an immigrant on my mother's side mm-hmm. and then a Midwesterner on my father's side. And so I am not, uh, I'm not, I was born in the South, but my heritage is not, you know, Southern. Right. Um, and so I, I, I view things probably a little differently than most people, but, um, but um, I felt like there was such this opportunity to begin healing. Yeah. Um, to begin some, um, some some oneness and some unity, um, especially in the body of Christ. And I was heartbroken that the only people speaking were speaking from the lens of what is called critical race theory. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with race. It's just any critical theory. And, and the history of that is that Marxism never caught on in the United States because we're so class mobile. Mm -hmm. And so if you have, you know, uh, thousands of years of an oppression, like in Russia, you have peasants and you have the aristocracy. And there's always been tension between peasants and aristocracy, you know, for time immemorial. And so Marxists were able to exploit that. Well, when they came to the United States, they couldn't because we're so class mobile, we don't care. But the thing that was here was racism. Yes. Um, and so they're able to exploit it. And then the other thing that was there, which we talked about before, is the LGBTQ thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the two areas where critical theory has overtaken us. Um, and it is now the dominant narrative um, in the United States when we yes. speak about oppressors and oppressed. And the thing that, that just gets me is that as believers, and and we talked a little bit about this before uh, last week, but is that compassion has been twisted in the in these uh, areas, and um, it it basically what what critical race theory is designed to separate yeah. and then put each other uh, put people at each other's throats so that your enemies destroy each other, right. and then you can take over. Mm-hmm. And so so the thing that gets me is that it is. Um, any critical theory, yeah. while it talks about legitimate wrongs, um, it is uh, fundamentally antithetical to the gospel Absolutely. because it sorts people into irredeemable categories <laughs> of oppressor and oppressed. That's so good. And there, there is no gospel there. There is no redemption there. So you cannot ever be redeemed from being a victim and you can never be redeemed from being an oppressor. Yeah. And so then you spend your life um, 
under the law, basically, if we're going to talk about it kind of like we do in Romans or in Galatians, where like you are condemned continually and you never reach redemption. Yeah. And then you either allow bitterness to destroy you or you take on this shame and guilt and you allow yourself to be destroyed. Yeah. And, um, and I just was thinking like how grieved I was that an opportunity for repentance came and an opportunity for oneness came. And then the dominant narrative was this thing over here that there is no hope. Yeah. And I hated that. And I don't think I'm, um, I, I'm definitely an optimist and definitely, uh, an idealist, but I, I mean, I've seen enough of life to not be uh, a Pollyanna version of that. (laughs) Um, most of the time. Um, (laughs) but I can't help, but just be grieved that like what could have been an opportunity for togetherness ended up being an opportunity for, a divide to be drawn even deeper. Um, And I just thought I'm praying and hoping that that's one of those things that Christians can one begin to see through this dominant cultural narrative and see what is true um, and how repentance can be restorative and that Jesus never stops redeeming people. Um, And he doesn't care. Um, whether you were the victim or the oppressor, but he can call you both to himself yeah. and transform you both into his, into his own possession. Um, and, and, and there is redemption there. Amen. Um, so that's kind of my, kind of my take there. Well, you know, as you were talking, one of the things I thought about is in, in uh, cause I like you am an optimist um, and Here's here's what I believe, because the one thing that I do know, uh, just as from a historical perspective, is that whenever in culture, in life, in a in a people, whenever there has been an absolute hopeless situation, but those people put their hope and their faith in God, there mm. has always been he has never failed to show yes. himself strong. So mm. even, you know, it's like, well, it's what the scripture says. Uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I think because you and I have such a uh, trust in the word of the Lord being um, true and and and, and um, sovereign, we... we even in the bleakest times. Mm. And so for me, one of the things I've tried to ask the Lord in situations like this, because like you, I was, um, I was very discouraged and disheartened that, that things uh, went the, the direction that they went. But this is, but, but I think in the love and in the mercy of God, Honestly, I think that this is the mercy of God bringing an awakening to the church because one of the things that I've always seen and this is what I this is what I believe. So if anybody wants to know what Anthony's um uh world view is or you know the way he sees life, this is this is what I believe. I believe that God's sons and daughters, those who uh believe on him, are the ones who hold the key and the answer to how we get things back into, I, I, I don't believe, you know, I believe that does it matter who's in the white house? Yes, to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. but I believe that the, the overarching, um, uh, tipping point or a catalyst in the earth are those who believe on the name of Jesus and who Mm -hmm. trust his word. And so yes. I feel as though we've been in times past so complacent, so passive uh, that we are the ones who kind of open the door for this um, this narrative that we see in the earth, uh, even regarding, like you said, critical theory. We've we've allowed it. You know, I think uh, 
they they attribute it to um, uh, Winston Churchill, but I think some other people have said this too, even before him, and that is the uh, the, the only way that uh, tyranny can prevail is for good men to do nothing. Mm. And yes. I think that that's what we've seen is we've seen a passivity. We've seen a complacency. We've seen a, an apathy from the gatekeepers, from the people yes. who have the answers. And uh, there has to be a wake up call. You know, I, we, we've all seen it. We've seen people who, when it, when it hits your front door, then all of a sudden what was a distant, Oh, something somebody should do something but when it Mm -hmm. when it hits your front door when it's in your when it's your family when it's your child when drugs hit your child Mm -hmm. when 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 those things hit you when they hit home you know uh communism uh uh socialism marxism all of those for a lot of americans especially uh, we we had no clue, and it was one of those things, especially my generation. Like you said, that we we were like, that's that's impossible. It'll never happen in this country. Mm. But when good men do nothing, mm. and when you do not uh, stand at the gate and say, "Not on my watch," yeah. you, you open the door for anything. So this is what I believe, and this is my worldview and the narrative is that. Where we are right now, where is God in this? The Lord is where he always is, on his throne, and what the enemy means for evil, God will turn for good. And I, you know, I, I, there's so many things that the Father, I, I prayed about. Like even what we talked about on our last episode when we were talking about the little children who have been mutilated. They didn't make the choice. Uh, their parents did it for them, or even if some of them did make the choice, uh, it was like a parent, when I use that example, like a parent letting a two-year-old stay in their own dirty diaper. Mm. Uh, it's been that type thing. And, and my heart has been crying out for all of those, all of the things that we're facing in the earth. My heart has been crying out. And in particular, that that narrative of, the mutilation of our children, those who, who, who've already suffered that injustice. And I said, God, I'm crying out for them. What, what happened? You know, I know you're going to move. I do. I believe that. I, that's my, that's my absolute core belief. I know God's going to move, but what about those little kids, Lord, who've Mm. already had to endure the, and, and, and the enemy is, stolen their destiny and stolen their legacy and their their purpose from them and he said son you are about to see the greatest signs wonders and miracles of uh re of of body parts (laughs) coming back and 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 me shifting i that it'll be undeniable that i am who i say i am wow that's, ah, yes. Well, that's that thing you were saying at the beginning about um, Caleb and Joshua in uh, being sent into the land to spy yeah. it out. And who is going to bring back the report of the Lord? Yes. Um, and who is going to be faithless? Yes. And um, I, that is one of those things that, that we have to stand. And I love how you say that. We've got to stand and just believe that God is going to bring um, beauty for ashes out of out of so much of this and I actually that re- even your your thing that you said about the Lord putting the, the thing in your heart with the the children being healed and restored to their their full um, their full body that that God created them with yes that reminds me of your own personal story mm-hmm. of being little and being thinking that God couldn't do something with you because of an immutable characteristic that you had um, and him being like, just watch me. But he didn't say anything to you for a really long time about (laughs) it. For a really long time. You know, and I just love how I do believe he does that, um, that the, you, you spoke uh, on our last podcast about the, the lady on um, somewhere on social media. And I'd seen that video as well of, um, her, you know, taking hormones and almost getting a surgery and, and then stopping because the Lord showed her that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think that that is one of those, um, <laughs> it sounds weird, but, um, 
in in Kings, the book of Kings, mm-hmm. Jezebel and Ahab were stopped by the eunuchs. Like uh, Jezebel was thrown off her her balcony by those that she had castrated. And so it's like, I actually, I think you're right that like there will be so many people who have been victims of these culture wars Mm -hmm. in all the different ways that God will redeem and that they will take out so many, um, so many people from the kingdom of darkness that it will be as though they had had multitude of children. Amen. Amen. So, so that's uh, so, beautiful. Thank you. I, I, I tell you, so I, I, I always want to encourage as well as challenge. And especially being a black man, uh, I, I can challenge the black community. Uh, the, there are, you know, when we talk about all of the things that are that people have walked through, I, I, I say it this way and, and I'm just going to. Just be bold and say this because, you know, when you look back in history, in the history of the world, virtually every people group on the planet at one point or another was enslaved to another people group. Mm. Every, I mean, that was part of war and warfare. That was part of the spoils of war. I mean, uh, we see it happen over and over again to the Jews where they were taken into captivity. Yeah. I mean, that that is a part of it. But here is the thing. Um, we are the ones who decide or determine whether or not the things that have happened to us in the past uh, define us and cause us to be uh, perpetually a victim or where whether or not we we embrace the mercy of God not only for us or the mercy of God to say forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and in and in essence what we do is we say all right father i'm entrusting my future and my destiny to you whether whether uh there are opportunities that are given you are the one because the bible even says that he is the one that promotes he's the one that sits up he's the one that takes down so lord whatever you have deemed for me to be in my life as your son and you have already told me through jeremiah 29 that your thoughts are not evil towards me but good i entrust my entire life and future and my family to you so everything mm. that the enemy, that's the report I believe. And, and in, in turn, the two people, the only two people who believed the report of the Lord in that generation were the only two that crossed over into the promised. Mm. Everyone who believed the other narrative died in the wilderness. And mm. I, re- I refuse and and i refuse to allow my prodigy my uh my inheritance to be stolen by victimization i refuse that's beautiful amen that is beautiful i i love that um and and god he lets us have that choice yeah he does like, He's like, okay, go ahead, stay in the wilderness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Fulfill your prophecy that you have spoken. Um, but that that but then whenever someone like you comes along that has that beautiful faith, I think it just so moves his heart. Um, and and he just comes to your aid and comes to your rescue and and lifts you up, you know. Amen. But um I think of Psalm eighteen. Um, and I think of uh just God you know, bending down to us as uh, humans and then giving us his strength and his spirit to help us accomplish all these amazing things we would not have been able to do otherwise. Yes. Amen. Beautiful. Well, you know, one, here's another, here's another (laughs) Anthonyism. I, um, when I see all of the, the things that the enemy tries to get us to buy into, to, deny what father has already said about us i think about you know because it seems hopeless there seems to be even in our nation right now there seems to be such 
an unraveling and between, you know, uh, executive orders given and decisions mm. made with, with, uh, with uh, the budget and, and money's going here and there and this happening. Mm. And, uh, it, it seems absolutely hopeless. I mean, it really does. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but I, I keep seeing, believe it or not, this is, this is what I see. I keep seeing four lepers sitting at the gate of the city, <laughs> not allowed to go in and, yes. and the army's out there and, and, and they, Eventually, they know they're going to die, if, and, and they basically look at each other and say, oh, what are we going to do, guys? Are we just going to sit here and die? Why sit here till we die? We know that, you know, the religious crowd aren't going to let us in because we're, we're lepers, so they'll, they'll stone us <laughs> on sight. But perhaps what we'll do is we'll go, we're going to make a move. We're going to get up. In other words, arise. We're going to arise, yeah. and we're going to move. And it was their arising movement that God used as a method to bring his purpose and plan into the earth. So, yes. so, you know, as they moved, he made their sound sound like an army coming against the enemy. Yes. <laughs> and by the time they got to the enemy to throw themselves at the mercy of the enemy, uh, the enemy was gone, but they left all of the spoils. So yes. the spoils yeah. were left to four lepers. <laughs> I love it. So that's my, I, I, I think about the humor, I, I, how humorous and how God uh, works out his plans. We, we don't, we, we have no idea. And so I'm, I'm at the point right now where I see it is the Lord is the most amazing screenwriter <laughs> that has ever existed. And we know that the best screenwriters and the best movie writers, and those are the ones where they keep you in suspense uh, yes. from the beginning to the end. <laughs> and then at the end, at the grand finale, you see the heroine uh, uh, win. So I, I, I love it. So I feel like that's where yes. we are. We are in the greatest story and it's his story. So yes, I love it. Amen. There's well, and there's always there's always redemption. You know, there's always the Moses that survives. There's always the 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 little thing that God does when the big thing is being destroyed. Yeah, and He always has that remnant. He always that, does that carries through. So, Amen. It's beautiful. Amen. Well, we here we are again at the at the end of almost an hour of talking about something that we could probably talk about for days <laughs> but this has been such a joy i i now i hope that our listeners can can know why i just love this lady so much because she is so uh full of wisdom she's such a passionate uh woman of god with uh such integrity and uh, it's it, it really is a joy to have you as a co-host on your destiny today. And this has been awesome. I don't know what what our next topic will be the next time we're together, but I I know you you light my fire every time I get to <laughs> talk back and forth. We ping off of each other. As one of my friends, my sister in South Carolina, she says every time I'm around you, Anthony. Uh, I feel like you're, we're just pinging off of each other, and it yes. is. It's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, kingdom dance, and I love it. And so I love that. Amen. So uh, we're we're uh, praying for you and Reginald as he transitions to be traded <laughs> for for two more checks. So we 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 bless your anointing, uh, Reginald. <laughs> wherever you are now, we say uh, uh, you know. Blessings on you and your next <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> and uh, we are just uh, thrilled for those of you, once again, who've joined us today. And uh, whatever platform you listen, we, we want you to hit that subscribe button. And we also want you to tell others about it. And and we're just excited about what the next topic we talk with you uh, and uh, give our perspective. And uh, in the future, there are going to be other things that we get to do. Uh, Megan and I are going to uh, our, our, we're going to be having some video podcasts here pretty soon. Not only that, but my goal is to even at from time to time, 
get the opportunity to have some call-ins where our callers kind of talk and ask questions, and we respond to that. So we're just going to have some fun together. So uh, again, we are just so blessed and honored that you would join us. Thank you for your time today and listening to us as we uh, just talk about those issues that we're dealing with as a people from a kingdom perspective. So on behalf of my co-host, Megan Ortega, I am Anthony Turner, and we once again want to thank you for giving us an opportunity to come in and talk to you and to let you know that there is a greater uh, purpose that Father has for you and your destiny today. God bless you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Your Destiny Today with Anthony Turner and Megan Ortega. To join us each week, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. To find out more or to invite Anthony to your next conference or event, go to destinymi.com. And you can contact Megan at info at freedomprayerbv, that's info at freedomprayerbravovictor.org.